This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, and alongside me, doing the figure guns of blazing, is Ricky Whitmer. Pew pew. What's up? What's up, guys? Oh, I thought you almost. Pew, pew. You almost missed pew, it. Pew. I thought you were just not going to do it. I no, thought you were I'll not going to do it. I can't miss. <sighs> what would Ben think if I missed? A lot. I would be a terrible role model to Ben. I gotta give a shout out to Ben. I hate what's I up, love what's up nation, but I love Ben. Anyways, you you, you my dog, Ben. You can you see we, you can see we're man down. Uh, Dave's playing Diablo and uh, and is, season uh, is nine. A man down. Season down. nine. He did join us though for our draft cast, so don't forget to check out our uh, our full draft cast. We talked about Alonzo uh, Ball, Markel Fultz, Harry Giles, the, the Celtics, and the, the 76ers. I yelled at Ricky about the Bulls, but we have a. I didn't even talk Bulls. We have a regular <laughs> fast break podcast for you. We are gonna talk a little bit Bulls. Thank Jimmy, God. Jimmy Butler and trade rumors. So I have some frustration. So two weeks in a row here. Uh, we got Kyle Korver, uh, the trade to Cleveland. Not officially done yet, but it's most likely to get done. Uh, recording this on Friday. They hope to, for it to be done on Saturday. And we also have the Paul Millsap trade rumors. And we're going to jump into the Kyle Korver stuff first. It's not officially done yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording this on Friday. Sources are saying that it should be done by Saturday. And the trade that is planned out so far, Cleveland would receive Korver. Atlanta would receive Mike Dunleavy, Mo Williams, and a protected 2019 first-round draft pick. And really what they're waiting for is a third team because I don't think Atlanta wants Dunleavy. And I think really what I've been hearing is that they want to push that Dunleavy to that third team. And possibly I've also heard rumors that that third team could be the 76ers. So just throwing out what we know and really looking at this, Ricky, uh, the, the Cavs also switched, swapped first-round draft picks with the, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, the Cavs picked this year for 2018. But looking at what we know for this, how much does Kyle Korver help the Cleveland Cavaliers if it happens? A lot. And really, mm-hmm. the Cavs, what they need is last year they proved that when J.R. Smith gave them the shooting that they needed. Especially Game 7. They could beat. The Warriors. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? J.R. Smith, he's put a shirt on, but his shooting has not followed. And well, he's also been hurt, too, so that's another He's reason. been hurt, and he hasn't been shooting as lights out as he did last year. And, I mean, who, who knows about Kyle Korver better than us putting a little hot sauce on it? And Cleveland just wanted to put a little hot sauce on their three-pointers. And that's one thing, too. I mean, it, I don't think that J.R. is going to overtake—I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think Korver is going to overtake— yeah. JR in the starting lineup, but then you don't have to re- rely on Shumpert. And while Shumpert proved mm-hmm. to be very uh, valuable in, in the finals, at least defensively, Kyle Korver's a different monster because Kyle Korver, I know his stats have been down in the past two years, but when you look at what he did in 2014, 2015, when he was shooting 49% from three, Ricky, let me say that again 49% <laughs> from three. This was a winning team. This was a team that was at the top, and Atlanta mm-hmm. has fallen down since that 2014-2015 season. So now when he's in this winning momentum, and you know, when he was on the Bulls shooting around 43%, and when he's when he's on the, these playoff teams, he could really find his groove. And you know, playing with a guy like LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, uh, Just Kevin makes you Love, Just it's, makes you it's going to make you better, and it's going to take pressure well, off you. And my biggest, the only worry that I have with Kyle Korver is defense, but really the thing I think about is when you're on a team with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and LeBron James, they can hide you. Well, Kyrie isn't the best, but yeah, defensively at least. Better than Kyle Korver. Better than this. Yeah. That's Kyle Korver. Well, Kyle, Cor- Kyle Korver is a sharpshooter. Yeah, that, that's the, that's the yeah. Kyle Korver move number mm-hmm. one in his book of defenses to just do that. But 
No, you bring him in for the offensive capabilities that he has, mainly from the three-point line. And in today's NBA, the three-point kills. And if you can shoot that at a high high efficiency, you're going to win games. And with JR being injured and JR's shot not being the same as it was last year, this was a no-brainer move. And plus, if if JR does come back healthy and, and he's able now to get back two. up to that 40% three-point uh, mm-hmm. rate that he was at last year— now you got two, and and you guys got you have guys that if you want to put LeBron out there, give Kyrie a break. You have uh, Jr. sitting on that three point line. And you have Kyle Korver as LeBron drives in. I mean, this team is stupid good, and and, and you're moving Dunleavy out. Who uh, Dunleavy was it was He's a good old. veteran presence, but you're not you're not getting rid of that veteran presence as well. There's you're, a reason why the Bulls got rid of him. Yeah, and you're bringing in a guy in Kyle Korver who still has that veteran presence, mm-hmm. and you know that the three point shooting is not going to go down. This is pretty much Ray Allen. Back in Miami, I mean, this this. I think Ray Allen's a little bit better. Oh, I'm not, not saying that, but I'm just saying like Ray Allen, like Ray Allen's role in Miami. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm saying, jeez, Ray Allen's the best three point shooter right now. I mean, Steph is probably two, and Reggie's third. Sorry, Reggie, I know you were the king for a while, but still, I mean, but Reggie can score. What was it? Six points in like two seconds. Everyone knows the the the, the Garden two story. Point, two point seven, something like that. Something like that. But but really, I mean, looking at this, I mean. I saw this trade and I sent mm-hmm. the the Stan the the Randy Marsh gift to uh, to Dave uh, of him <laughs> doing some stuff under a blanket yeah. and oh and, great and as a guy who rooted for the Cavs in the finals and obviously if you didn't you know watch our uh, reactions to every game in the finals Ricky was rooting on, Ricky was rooting on the Warriors I was rooting on the Cavs and when they had to come back uh, when the Warriors blew a three one lead you mean when the NBA gave them a three one <laughs> lead because if Draymond would have played it would have been over in like five when they blew blew a three one lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, rigged, rigged. When they blew a three-one lead, now now you're adding on Kyle Korver to this team. That I mean, there there was something too that uh, ESPN put out that said Giannis is the the best player in the East. Did you forget about LeBron James as the best player in the NBA? <laughs> I mean, looking at this team, you have LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, uh, J.R. Smith, uh, 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 Shumpert. You have now Kyle Korver who. I know Atlanta Atlanta fans are, are heartbroken because this was one of the guys. I mean, it was Jeff Teague, mm-hmm. uh, Millsap, Horford, Kyle Korver. This was the core that that in 2014-2015 gave him a magical season. I just I just don't I, I kind of don't get it, and the reason why I don't get it is Kyle get Korver. While like, Atlanta's trading him. Yeah, why they're getting like it's one of those things where I know that Korver's contract that it's up at the end of the year, but I just don't get the. Return unless you're only doing it for the pick. If you're only doing it for that pick that you're going to receive that 2019 first round pick, that mm-hmm. let's be honest, ain't going to be a high pick because I don't expect the Cavaliers to be a lottery team in three years. I don't know about you, but you're getting basically Mo Williams and that first round pick in 2019. I mean, you could be excited, you could be saying, Well, Ricky, it's a first round pick, be excited for it. I just I just don't see it. It's like why are you making yourself worse because a guy like Mo Williams, virtually Mo Williams for Kyle Korver, fine. They're both off the like if you weren't going to re-sign Korver, they're both off the books at the end of the year anyways, but Kyle Korver has more for value. The, yeah, for if this year alone, yeah. I'll take Korver over Mo Williams and aging Mo Heartbeat. Williams who's 34. Heartbeat. And one thing too with Kyle Korver, I mean, I mean Korver's thirty five, but you don't show it. But but and plus, you know that you know Mo Williams did a lot with driving 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Mo Williams did a lot, you know, going to the basket yeah. with, with the athleticism. He ain't that same Mo Williams. With, with Kyle Korver, I mean, the thing the thing with the Hawks, too, they were on a five-game, they're currently on a five-game winning streak a, mm-hmm. as we speak. And looking at the games that Kyle Korver did play, 39 minutes in, in the win against San Antonio, 29 minutes in the win against Detroit, 20, uh, 25 minutes against the win against New York, shooting three for five against New York, three for eight against Detroit, and, and four for nine against against San Antonio. I mean, Kyle Korver was helping this team, too. And, and Atlanta, you know, they're they're— Moving up, and they've been on a hot streak lately, and now they're at twenty and sixteen, where they had that weird spot where I think they were like one and nine mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the season. Like they started off hot, hit hit a hit a weird wall, and now they're now they're kind of out of this this slump. But Kyle Korver's still a guy that was helping this team. So Atlanta, there's there's obviously you know stuff that we'll talk about later too with Paul Millsap, where you know it, it just seems like they're building around Dwight, and, and now Dwight has this contract. And Howard's going to be the guy here. So mm-hmm. you don't need Corver is really what they're saying. You don't need Paul Millsap. You don't need uh, Al Horford, obviously. We want Dwight as our as the guy that we're going to build around. We're going to have Schroeder as well. So Schroeder, Howard, uh, Bazemore too. Bazemore's been slumping, but really, I mean, that's going to be your, your core now. And now I'm wondering where the Hawks will go after this. Because the Hawks, we've called them before, they're the Spurs of the East, where you don't really need a huge star. You need your Tim Duncan, well, and then you need a, a, a surrounding cast that is that is can really that has their role. Here's the thing I'm thinking about, and I'm looking at free agency because I just pulled up their multi-year contracts, and really the only guys, if they let everybody with expiring contracts go at the end of the year, the only guys they have on contracts is Bazemore, Dwight. Schroeder, Malcolm Delaney, Taron Prince, and DeAndre Bambry. That's it. Millsap is in there, but Millsap, we're going to talk about him later. He's in trade talks. I know you're showing one to me, CP3. CP3. Clippers have been uh, been on the down climb, mm-hmm. uh, using a Ricky Woodmer term that he that he's coined. Maybe they're may, maybe this is their way he's got of a, making a push to not only get a higher draft pick because let's be honest, they're only three games away. From being in the lottery, they're what fourth right now. If I'm looking at ESPN, yeah, but they're and they're also pretty. They, they they can be. I'm not saying Kyle Korver is going to without Kyle Korver, you're going to drop out of the playoffs. But if you go on another one of nine stretch because you don't have that three point shooting, it could be a factor where you fall into that lottery. Maybe they're I, saying we can go for a pick this year. We can get the cap room. To then go and make a free agent push. I think this what this more is is we see that this team is good, but we're not good enough mm-hmm. to beat the Cavs or beat the Raptors. Is it basically just getting that draft pick? Is that I, basically I, I all think, it is? I think it's more footing for you know if we can see what we have without guys like Kyle Korver and Paul Millsap, who we don't think will be on this team long term. Where we have Dwight for four years, I believe he signed for three years. I think it was three years, mm-hmm. seventy-five million. Uh, you have. Dwight around, you have Bazemore who you just recently signed, you have these guys that will stick around and, and we'll see what we have with them and then if we're able to get a draft pick in that in that in the lottery and and then we have a guy like Dunleavy who's gonna if we bring him in we can trade him as well and, and hopefully get some value back. Then you have a guy like CP3 out there who has a player option that he can decline and most likely will decline uh for the Los Angeles Clippers because you know most I mean the way the CB is set up, he's mm-hmm. gonna get a lot of money. And then I look at how much is he sold on L.A.? And how much is really L.A. sold on and what they currently have? Because L.A. has been really disappointing but as of late. But the Hawks have, they have Schroeder. 
But what I'm saying is Schroeder's been a guy that's played off the bench before, and also I know that he is a, a true traditional point guard. He's not mm-hmm. going to be a guy that, like, you know, is going to be able to put up a, a ton of points, at least in, in the sense where, you know, you're going to go to Dennis Schroeder, or Schroeder late. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at this, and I, I'm looking at CP3 and, and, you know, Dwight Howard. I think it could be interesting. I'm not saying it will happen, but I think it could be interesting where, you know, if they do want to bring in another star to go along with Dwight, CP3 is a guy that might be a natural fit. Let me throw this out at you. And this is, you said during the draft podcast, you liked uh, and real quick, Tin Hat Ricky. I'm going to pull out Tin but Hat Ricky. Real quick, people are going to get pissed at me because they're like, Dennis Schroeder scoring 17 points mm-hmm. per game. I'm just saying that. You CP- rather have CP3 as a starter. No shit. Yeah. If you're picking Dennis Schroeder over CP3, you're a goddamn moron. Den- CP3 is <laughs> the third best point guard in the league, pretty much, behind Russ and, let, and Steph. Let me throw this out here. What would you rather take? Would you rather take CP3 or a possibility with the money that they could have with the contracts that it 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 all depends on if they can get rid of the Millsap contract because that mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, they might not have enough money for this because as I'm actually looking, 23 and a half for Dwight, 16 for Bazemore, 15 for Schroeder alone. But would you rather have CP3 or maybe try to make a push and get Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant has the player option where he can decline it, try to get more money. He's not leaving. But Kevin Durant and J.J. Redick will be available. He's not right. KD's not leaving. I'm just saying. And plus we've seen what— Or or take KD out. Put in a Gordon Hayward. See, I, but I, I think I think the thing is the way the, the Dwight works is he needs a guy that is a complementary piece and not two stars in in the sense of you know he's our go to guy. You think CP, Dwight will get ner- Dwight will get jealous. CP three is a completely unselfish person, and that's the reason yeah, I, you I can bring feed up the beast is what you're I, saying. Yeah, and, and a guy like CP three, JJ Redick, those complement Dwight where they can shoot from the outside. And, and I think that J.J. Redick and CP3 is kind of overkill. I think J.J. Redick could work on this Atlanta team, though. I I saw him, and I'm thinking, if you're getting rid of Kyle Korver and J.J. Redick is there and not going to go back to the Clippers, mm. if I'm the Hawks, I would go after J.J. Redick. I, I think maybe the CP3 thing was just kind of just throwing it out there just to just to talk. But Like, J.J. Redick is a huge upgrade from Kyle Korver. Yeah, and, and I, I think that— Kind of getting getting away from the Hawks and, and kind of moving into just the the Millsap trade mm-hmm. rumors too because we can we can just make that transition. Yeah. Uh, I mean, looking at the way that the Hawks are set up, you know, if they want to build around Dwight, the the, the way we've seen Dwight work is you need complementary pieces to him, a guy, guys that can, can be stars on different teams, but they need to be complementary. They can't be James Harden who needs the ball in his hands or Kobe Bryant who needs the ball in his hands. They need to be guys who really work off each other. And CP3 is a guy that's completely uh, unselfish. You know, obviously Dennis Schroeder is a guy that's unselfish as well. So that's why the, the, those players work so well. JJ Redick doesn't need the ball in his hands. So I'm just looking at players that, that fit well. So if the Hawks do trade Paul Millsap and, and teams that are being thrown out there are, are teams like the Raptors that would improve their standing in the East too. Um, it might be weird to kind of think that they would trade him to an mm-hmm. inner in, inner conference. Rival, uh, another team that's thrown out there is the Nuggets just because they do have so many assets. And finally, the Thunder, too, because you need to give West, Westbrook some help. Looking at Millsap, should the Hawks trade Millsap? And then following up, where should they trade him to if you say yes? Well, the only way the Hawks should trade Millsap is if you are looking to get his contract off the books because it's a it's a— 
twofold situation for me. A, if he's going to accept his player option, do you want to take his 20 some million dollar contract? And B, are you afraid he's not going to take his player contract because our player option because he's going to want to capitalize off of the kind of influx of money that's going to be seen this year when the TV deal kicks in for the NBA. And it might be the Hawks saying, hey, you know what? If he even declines that player option, it doesn't matter for the reason to leave or to get more money. Mm-hmm. Do we want to pay him that much money? Probably not. So let's just trade him, try to get something for him so that we don't have a KD situation. And looking, yeah, you don't want a KD situation. You want to get the most assets out of this possible. And I, I, I look at the teams out there, and the Thunder need help because Russ can't do it by himself. And really, you're just putting Russ out on an island there. And, and I mean, you know, the, the pieces that they have in OKC, they're good, but it's just it's not working with Russ because Russ, it, it, he just, mm-hmm. it, you can tell that it's just it's it, the fit isn't right with with everything that's working there. Uh, the Nuggets, I mean, there's a lot of assets there, but I mean, will Paul Millsap even resign with the Nuggets if he doesn't think there's enough there, future future wise? Because they do have a lot of assets, they do have a lot of young prospects. But do, should the Nuggets bring in a guy like you know Paul Millsap, who is a veteran here? And then I think the thing Nuggets that makes are most, interesting though, because they're on the they're on the cusp of the playoffs. But I think the team that does make the most sense and needs him the most is the Raptors, because you add that to Kyle Lowry, who is in my mind top five point guard in the NBA. Uh, then you add that to DeMar DeRozan, who has a ridiculous mid-range game as a great scorer. And then you add a guy like Millsap who can rebound and, and score. And Valanciunas doesn't need to really be that third option there. He can be a fourth option that's really good for you. He doesn't, I, I don't really see Valanciunas as a, a guy, you know, in that kind of, if you're putting it together, like the three, not three sums the wrong mm-hmm. word, but you know, the the trifecta of your your, your best players. I don't see Valanciunas as the guy that really sticks out there in, in Toronto, but a guy like Paul Millsap would. And then if you get a guy like Paul Millsap, not only can he defend uh, Kevin Love out there, that's pretty much you know, kind of one for one Kevin Love there. Kyle Lowry and, and Kyrie Irving's a fun matchup. Really, it's it's can DeMar show up and, and, and compete with LeBron James? And that really makes the Raptors kind of a threat to the Cavs in the East. Well, the thing that I look at is, the of course, the Thunders and Raptors. With the Raptors, do they need to make a move? Because, like, I know you say, like, oh, with Valachunas, if he goes down again like he did last year, they don't have, they don't have. But even at the Mac power Bionba. forward position, they need they need help at the power forward position. I think it's one of those things where the Raptors, I don't think, will make this move because it comes down to what are they going to give up. I'm looking at two things right now, two articles that I'm looking at. One from the Oregon. Where they're saying that Oregonian. the Oregonian, where on. they're saying on, that should the Trailblazers go mm-hmm. after Millsap? Because we've even mentioned it. We they mentioned it in our West Con- West contenders. They need help down low. But an interesting team that this is from NBC Sports, their pro basketball talk. That I was like, really? There's a report that they're interested. The Pelicans. Really? The Pelicans are interested. The other teams and I saw were Wizards and Jazz as well. From what um, NBC Sports said, reportedly interested, we have the Raptors, Nuggets, Kings, Sixers add the Pelicans to that list. And this is a tweet from Michael Scotto where he said, Pelicans trade talks include the offering their 17th 
Is he the star for, of the Hispanic office? I have Michael no idea. Scotto? Scotto. That's, that's what, what it is. That's all I'm saying. But this is what the deal would pertain. This year's first round pick, which is protected, mm-hmm. Philly's second rounder this year that they got in the ish deal, and then salary fillers. The other team that was thrown out, too, is the Jazz. And, and the Jazz might be an interesting option, too, because Millsap did play for the Jazz in, in part mm-hmm. of his career. So he's going back there. And the, really the trade that was thrown out on, I believe it was uh, SI.com, was Paul Millsap for Derek Favors. And then you have Favors mm-hmm. and, and Howard Download, which would be very weird because both of those guys are back-to-the-basket guys who are going to post up and, and score. So it might be difficult to really have those two on the court at the same time. But at least, you know, Derek Favors is young. He's an asset that if he doesn't fit with Dwight, you can move him again. And then Millsap, that's going to give you a lineup of Rodney Hood, George Hill, uh, Gordon Hayward. I was going to say Cameron Hayward, Gordon Hayward, and then Gobert and Paul Millsap. That's a team that's dangerous. And that's a team that... You know, you can pretty much say, hey, Gordon Hayward, hey, buddy, you want to resign with us? Hey, look, we just brought in Paul Millsap. That's a team that's dangerous. And I See, think that the here's Jazz— the, here's the thing with Millsap, and this is any team coming in. If Millsap can goes to him? the Jazz—not resign him. Well, really, yeah, it's going to be resigning. <laughs> well, not I, really. Well, no, yeah. I thought to myself, no, it's a player option. But then I thought to myself again, I have several conversations up here, where basically that player option, don't even think about it because he wants more money. Mm-hmm. Any player would be stupid not to decline that player option to get the maximum amount of money that you would get with the new money that's coming in that next surge. Because right now, I'm playing with the trade machine. Basically, that's what I've been doing while Sean's been talking. I'll be honest, the Pelicans haven't been able to work out a deal. I don't know where this filler is going to come with because I don't think they trade both Tyreek Evans and Drew Holiday in that deal, which is their biggest one-year salaries. If I look at the Jazz, you said, give me those names again. You said Derek Favors. Derek Favors from Millsap, straight up. For straight. I don't think that would work. No, it doesn't. They they said it worked in the article. Well, it's interesting. (laughs) It's interesting because for the Hawks, you're doing exactly what you want. You are basically saying, Here's $10 million, $9 million that we are opening up in cap, and we get a guy like Derek Favors that has two years. But if you're the Jazz, it comes down to can you re-sign Millsap unless you're just using him for a rental, which I don't think you would because then why is Hayward going to stay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's a bold move for the Jazz. I'm not saying they should make it. And, and really, we're just floating out ideas here. Really, mm-hmm. we're just spitting the shit about I'm, where Millsap could go. I'm just trying go. to see. Like, the Pelicans are the team. It's because of that one article I saw. What What, what is salary fillers? Because they would need to fill up close to $20 million. Would you give up Tyreek Andrew Holiday with these two picks? For Millsap, I, there's uh, the NBA is weird. You can fix something. Uh, I mean, it's the trade machine won't let you do it, but I, I think there's something where there's, there's cap exceptions. I'm, I'm just saying, like just money wise, you gotta come close. And, and that's the thing. I think that I don't think that even the Pelicans that makes a lot of sense for them to go Millsap and Davis. Who's mm-hmm. gonna handle the ball if you get rid of Drew Holiday? I, I just think that that's why I would say Tyreek would the be the thing, movable one. The thing with the 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 Hawks is. You kind of have a feeling, like we talked about earlier, that they want to go to a team that is pretty much centered around Dwight. So you're going to have Dwight as your your star, as your center here, and that means moving Millsap out. 
And the thing is, is when do you want that to come? Because there's going to get teams that are desperate around the trade deadline, but do you want to wait until February to see what you have in this Mm -hmm. team? And really, do you want to really kind of secure your playoff standing and keep Millsap and keep the team that has been on a five-game winning streak and keep that going and see, hey, maybe we should just keep on keep with Millsap, but then you get into that territory of are we just going to lose him for nothing? So really, I think the Hawks either need to make a deal now or nothing's going to happen because the more you wait, teams are going to get desperate and you're going to get desperate to move this guy and you're either going to get, you know, trade destroyed i don't want to use a, a you know a synonym to that but like a trade uh you know just completely getting screwed by a trade uh whether you're screwing a team or a team screwing you and, and that's the one thing is you might be able to get the most valuable value for him now at least safely because you might be able to get a t- desperate team that gives up a lot but you know right now you can at least do it safely mm-hmm. and not panic into a deal can i throw one out there and this is just one i put into the trade machine mm-hmm. And it works, and this is for Portland. I want to, I want to gauge your reaction to see if you would do this. Evan Turner for Paul Millsap, straight up. God no, God no, God God no. Because other than, no. other than that, no. I'm looking at the because they're no. another team. Hell I'm looking. No. What do you give up? Are you giving that, up a Minu? Are you working in Festus? Are you doing like a Festus? You and need Ed Davis? picks. You need picks. You need picks. You need picks. Well, picks would be in. I'm talking Evan. just the player money wise. You, but you need a lot of picks because that that's Evan Turner for Paul Millsap's a straight fucking. That's 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 the trade that I'm saying. If you rush into, mm-hmm. you're getting screwed. Well, up. And the Trailblazers are a team we talk about every time we talk about them is. They need a big guy. And I mean, if you're going to then trade, I'm going to just see right now if Ed Davis for Festus and Festus Azili would but work. No, that one thing you got to gotta realize too, Alan Crabb, it could possibly be put into that deal. And he, he is a shooter. No, it, it expires the 17th, so you can't put does it. Does it? Yeah, the 14th, I'm sorry. Because this is right now, I mean, yeah, okay, it does say June 19th is when the offer match for Brooklyn. Plus, he does have. The um the BYC, which is the bird right, so does Leonard, so does Harkless. So those are three guys that they have trade restrictions on. I think that the Jazz might be the Jazz of the Raptors might be the best fit because they might have enough to well, Derek Favors for Millsap straight up, that's accommodating the need, but those two teams can accommodate the trade, is what I'm saying. I, I think if any team's gonna do it, it's gonna be the Toronto Raptors. And I think that I don't know how likely this deal is, but I think if they are able to pull it off and they're able to get it done, and I, I think don't, the Raptor or the Hawks have to move them because I don't think they're going to resign them. And I don't, I don't know exactly what they would move for them because really, if you look at the Raptors, you got to and you know this is why I'm not a GM. You Basically, gotta, look at the one year contract. You got to keep you got to keep uh, Demar Derozan. You got to keep Kyle Lowry. You got to keep Demar Carroll. You got to keep Valanciunas. Uh, I think Corey Joseph's uh, Joseph's a keep. So Sullinger's out there. Terrence Ross is possibly out there, even though he's playing fantastically. I would say Patrick Patterson, because really, if you're getting rid of Patterson, then you are replacing him with Millsap. So I think, if anything, it might be uh, a Ross uh, Ross Patterson for for Millsap deal. But it's going to be difficult, and it's going to be interesting to see. Don't forget to tell us what you think down in the comments below. Where do you think Paul Millsap will go? And do you think the Atlanta Hawks should trade Paul Millsap? But let's move on to our Ross final. Patterson would work. I know it does. I, okay. I did the trade machine. Come okay. on. Come on, man. I'm a, I'm a professional I here. I didn't know you had it I'm up. I'm a professional here, man. And let's move on now to Jimmy Butler and the Chicago Bulls. Rumors coming out of Bleacher Report and Rick Buecher. So take that as you may, that the Bulls are shopping JB, Jimmy Butler, 
Ricky, you're the Bulls fan here. What are your thoughts? I I wish we were talking about my Bulls on better times. I, I wish that it wasn't like— I told I, you. I said as a joke in our uh, text you. message group where I sent you a picture of the Buker article, and I was like, mm. oh, is this an important topic? For, uh, for you know, can we talk bulls. about the bulls? Can I take but off the leash? This is something where I'm kind of on the fence, and the reason I'm on the fence is because I'm not quite sure what direction I want the bulls to take, mm-hmm. and it's because Rajon Rondo I think should be out of town. If he wants to get traded, fucking send him. I'd be calling Cleveland right now, saying so. LeBron says he wants a point guard. What's it going to take? You're going to buy my pop for a year? Here, you can have Rondo. Like, that's, that's what you're, he's you're worth giving to him, me. You're giving him soda. Well, you're giving him a soda No, machine? no, no. He's giving us soda. We're giving him Rondo. They ain't getting soda and Rondo. We're getting the soda. But What kind of th- soda? Maybe Pepsi. Pepsi. Dr. Pepper, if I'm making my choice, because that's what I love. But Rondo, to me, when everyone's like, oh, what's the deal with Rondo? Well, he's not going to be here past this year anyway, so I don't know what we're freaking out about. Let's trade him, try to get something from him. Michael Carter-Williams is surpassing him for the starting point guard on this team anyways. And he's not a cancer. Rondo is a cancer. And with Jimmy, it comes down to we can trade Rondo, we could trade Taj, and keep Jimmy. But the thing that comes into it is what we talked about last week of – Jimmy's 27 now. By the end of his contract, he's 30. Do you think you can get young talent to win a championship and beat LeBron by the time Jimmy gets to 30? That's the thing. You don't need to get rid of Jimmy Butler. There's no need to get rid of Jimmy Butler. You don't Butler. need to. You don't need to at all. You can but, keep him for two years. But but it's more of how how long do you want to wait to to get closer to a championship? And, and it's really— Because he's in his prime. It, it's really he's our, in his prime. It, it's really our, do you want to you know wait and wait— Three years for Jimmy Butler to leave or trade him in, in two in, before his uh, contract runs up with a, with a year left. Do you want to wait then and start the rebuild then and possibly get close, or do you want to start the rebuild now? And really, that's the question. Mm-hmm. And knowing Garpax, you're gonna wait. You're gonna fucking wait, and you're gonna wait until year three, and then they possibly might move Jimmy Butler or look to build around him. Then Jimmy After Butler will leave. Too late. But knowing this inept organization, knowing this inept management, knowing Every single thing that has gone down from Paul Gasol to the Derrick Rose uh, fiasco last year to Taj Gibson still being on this team mm-hmm. to constant poor mistakes from this front office, not uh, trading Kirk Heinrich away. I know that was Mike Rankin's biggest gripe of last year. It doesn't matter whatever. Love Kurt Heinrich. You possibly could have gotten a fifth overall pick or a third overall pick in the last year draft. Possibly could have gotten Chris Bra- uh, I was miss- Chris Dunn or Jalen Brown. For Jimmy Butler, you might have missed your window to get the biggest payback for for Jimmy Butler. But the thing is, is that Garpax didn't realize that. And, and the thing is, is you know, whether you trade him now or whether you trade in trade him in three years, it's going to be too late because this rebuild should have started a long time ago. And this rebuild should have started when Hoiberg came in. Because I look at this team and. You know there were great pieces and, and there's great players on this team, but it wasn't a team. When Tom Thibodeau left and Dang left and Noah left and, and Rose left, you're left with Jimmy Butler and Jimmy Butler's a great piece. That's a that's a great corner piece to start that puzzle with. You know, Ricky, you you got that great puzzle piece in Jimmy Butler there, but you don't have everything else. You you pretty much have a, a puzzle with you know. If you have a seventy seven hundred fifty piece puzzle, you're missing six hundred of them. You're missing. So many pieces in, in the Chicago Bulls organization, and the mm-hmm. thing is, is with this management, they're not able to put those pieces together. And really, 
fucking luck helped them the first time with with, with getting Noah well, Noah and Rose, and that really just pushed them. And, and, and they had Thibodeau out there too to sign as your coach. That the pushed thing, them there. The thing that has killed the Bulls the most is whenever we've made a deal in the past, we either haven't made a deal, didn't get the return we needed. Look at Paul Gasol as an example of that. You got no return. No return because he left. But even when we trade a guy, we traded Kyle Korver for a trade exemption, never cashed in on that trade exemption. Now Kyle Korver is in Cleveland. Well, we didn't get anything for Kyle Korver. Yet. We didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. Still haven't gotten anything for Kyle Korver. We're not, and that's the thing, when we make trades, we're not getting anything. And even with the Sacramento thing, I mean, this is a this is a lottery-protected pick, and you're you're waiting for Sacramento to fall out of, pretty much make the playoffs to get that pick back. And I think if it doesn't happen this year, then it becomes a second-round pick. If it doesn't happen this year, we get a second this so year. So you fucked up that, too. I, yeah. mean, I mean, looking at the way that the, the, the organization has handled trades before, it, it, no matter what, the, I f- have a feeling the Bulls are losing this trade if they trade them, just because this organization is so inept when it comes to value and when it comes to trade. I mean, Ricky, honestly, we call you tin mm-hmm. hat, r- t- tinfoil hat, Ricky. You want a, you want a tinfoil? What? Do you? Because well, no, I'm lo- well, real quick, let me finish up my thought. It's, okay. it's more of you can pretty much be doing what Garpax is doing because they have fallen into luck to where they were where when D. Rose and, and Joe Kim Noah and Luol Deng were playing on the same team. But you look at this, and they, they, they had luck too. They shouldn't have been picking Derrick mm-hmm. Rose. They traded for they traded Eddie Curry away and got a pick where the Knicks were pretty much were 14th in that lottery, and they mm-hmm. got the number one pick. They fell into this. The Bulls. The kid have from fell, Chicago got to go home. The Bulls have fell, The Bulls have fallen into pretty much all of yeah. their pretty much success. I mean, even Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. he should have been number one. Sam Bowie went number one. And then you have Jordan at two. And Jerry Reinsdorf has the diamond there to pick up Jordan. And then Jordan, I don't know if you heard of this guy. He was the greatest player in the NBA NBA history. You know, really, I mean, there's, there's pretty much one guy that can possibly unseat him right now. And that's LeBron James. But, and the one thing I I do want to say, because Mm -hmm. I, I don't want people to come after you in the comment section, bring it like they did for Greg. Odin, Bring it. Jordan was third, not two. God damn it. Third. So I, I, Hakeem, I, Hakeem was there too, I right? I didn't want you to look stupid there. I already look. I, I look, Hakeem was one. I Bowie look stupid. was two. I look stupid. Hakeem, was, Hakeem was Elijah Bowie, Jordan, Elijah Perkins, and then Charles Barkley. I fucked up. I'm sorry. And John I, I Stockton up went 16th in that draft. And let's not get into the 84 draft. I know. But, I know. But the thing is, is, sorry, Jordan went three, I, and they fell into that. I wish Dave was on this podcast. I wish he was on this podcast because the trade that I am going to throw out to you would basically make him very happy. It might give him to, if you're a long time onside kick fan, when Dave used to be there, he had said this once on a podcast, this would give him a massive erection. And this is the trade I'm going to throw out there. I thought you were going to ship looking, Joel Embiid to the, the Bulls. I am looking Jesus at Christ. a trade. This is from the fan side website, Pippin Ain't Easy. Um, PippitAin'teEasy.com. This is Dan Coughlin, one of their staff writers, did a like five different scenarios mm-hmm. for, or actually it's like six different scenarios for Jimmy Butler. Yep. The last one he has, 76ers. Here's the trade, and it works. Jimmy Butler for the process, Okafor and Dario Saric, and the Bulls would get the first round pick. Can this you say year. that again? The process, Okafor, Saric. And a 27 first rounder for this year. For Jimmy Butler. For Jimmy Butler. Fire that guy. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm if just, you're SB I'm Nation and there. if you're Pippin Easy it's, it's, not a, it's, it's fan-sided, not that. SB Nation. Fan-sided. If you're fan-sided and, and he's writing for Pippin Ain't Easy, fire him. <laughs> and I like Joel Embiid. And I, uh, no, no, stop. <laughs> jo, Joel Embiid, who is the most promising rookie currently. Okafor. Okafor, who Sarich. is a top pick, and Sarich, who is an international top pick. Uh, I can and dream, I say top can pick. I? Like, I that, just wanted to dream a little bit, What did Sean. you take? Are you lucid dreaming and controlling your dreams? That doesn't even happen in dreams. That happens when you get hit on the head. And this is the best part of the article. And this is then the it exa- gets better? This is the exact quote. This get off tra- this site. This trade is a little less exciting, but it would be borderline transfer of the process to the 76ers to Chicago, something I've called for the Bulls to drive into before— a little less exciting. I would be doing backflips on this table if we got the process for Jimmy. If that trade happened, if that trade was available and Garpax made it, they finally made. They, they stole that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever said. Get off that site. Don't bring anything up. Can I? Let's get can back I here. Assist, though, is there a legit situation where the Bulls could look to maybe move a Jimmy Butler for where they just call up the 76ers and they go? We want to give you Jimmy. We want the process. What's the deal? We can wrap around I, this. Get off that because I don't think Jimmy Butler fits in with the 76ers at all. If they want to go young, they're going to go young. The process will work out. They currently are, are, are sitting on two top 10 picks. They have Joel Embiid. They have Jaleel Okafor. They have Nerlens Noel. They have Dario Saric. They have Ben Simmons. They have so many assets mm-hmm. that they can move and fit that team better. Because Cause the one team I do look at that everyone's mm-hmm. saying is obviously Boston. Because we've had the ties to them before with Jimmy with the draft, but like I look at their team, they're not give like the player. They're not giving us Isaiah Thomas. That's the guy I would really want. They're not giving us Thomas. You want Thomas not, for Butler? Well, it's one of those God, things no. where I look at their team and I go, I don't want Jalen Brown. I don't want Marcus Smart. You want that number one overall pick? That's what you want. Yeah, but what we got to get players for. The cap, I don't want garbage players just for one guy that we're going to get in a draft. Ricky, if the Bulls got the number one overall pick, you'd be ecstatic. Get out of here. Yeah, but if we're, it depends on what we got, too. We got to get more than just one pick for Jimmy Butler. The team that I'm going to bring up, and this is, I, I don't know if it's going to work, but I, I, I really think that the Bulls should trade Jimmy Butler immediately. Get, get him out of town and start this rebuild once again. Because Ricky, we have to, because but I'm Ricky, not no, sold against let me, it. Let me say what I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm uh-huh. thinking is, is Jimmy Butler needs to get out of town because, yes, Jalen Rose said it. You, this, is a, this is a piece that you need to build around. Jimmy Butler is a piece you can build around. Garpax has shown that they can't do that in three years. Then why they not might get have, rid of Garpax? That's not going to happen, Ricky. I know, but I'm just using logic here. I'm just using logic. The Bulls don't run on logic. I know. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't run on logic here. I know. Here. It's just one of those things where it's like, why not get rid of the problem? But Jimmy Butler, the, the problem's been apparent for years, but Jimmy Butler here, he needs to go. And I, I, it, the thing is, it's not about Jimmy, and it's, it's really that you need to start fresh here because we have seen that Derrick Rose— Jimmy Butler, those players didn't work. Derrick mm-hmm. Rose, Joe Kim Noah, that didn't work. That didn't bring you a, bring you a title. Tom Thibodeau running that team didn't work. Tom Thibodeau running Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah didn't work. And then you know Fred Hoiberg running that same team with Paul Gasol didn't work. Something is not working. And whether it's the players, whether it's the GM, whether it's the owner, whether it's all three of them, it needs a fresh start. And, and the fresh start is going to come from the players first, then it's going to come from the coaches, and then it's going to come from the GM. Because this isn't like the NFL where you can get rid of GMs well, like that. Because it won't happen. I thought about this yesterday, and we talked last week about Fred Hoiberg. Is he the problem? 
Why not take, and the ones I look at are D-Wade, Rondo, Butler, and Taj. Why not basically do what the White Sox have done? Clear house, get draft picks, because you can get draft picks, I want to say, for easily good first-round picks for Butler and Taj. You can you get could, you can get a you can get a top ten pick here, for Butler. You can get a probably here's what, a here's what I would 20th, do. Here's what I would that do. range for Taj. I would, well just a first rounder in general for Taj. Yeah, Maybe right. like just right. outside the lottery. I would first take outside Rondo. Out. I would call up the Cavaliers and say we're looking to trade Rondo. What would you offer us? And that's how I would start it. And I would look to trade Rondo to the Cavaliers. One thing I heard. And this this wasn't the worst idea for me, mm-hmm. for D-Wade, because D-Wade's interesting. You brought him in. He's been good for this team. He's been a veteran. He loves the city. What I would do is I would go to D-Wade, and I would say, you know what, D? You, we all know at the end of this year, you're not taking your player option. You're going to try to get more money. And we're just sadly not going to be able to accommodate you with that kind of a deal. Here's what I'm going to do. What about a team that isn't far from Chicago, so he wouldn't have to move if he didn't want to? He played his college ball there, and they're a young up-and-coming team that has more potential than this Bulls team and has a guy that maybe he can foster into a superstar one Get to day. the point and bring up Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Bucks. That's what I would do. I would look to trade D-Wade to Milwaukee, Rondo to Cleveland. Then I'm sitting there with Taj. Taj is who wants him. Just He's out there, get the best deal that comes in, doesn't matter what team. And then Jimmy, I'm looking at a top three pick, and I'm going, who wants to give me their top three Th- pick? This is what this is what I'll do. And and you you laid out the groundwork for everybody else for clearing it out. Now I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come clean up your, your scraps of Jimmy Butler, and, and this is the okay. trade, and this is the thing Just that, that makes the most— Just for Butler or Taj, too? This, no, you, you, you can do your Taj on, on the okay. separate thing. If, if we're going White Sox, they're separate. They're, they're, they're selling <laughs> selling assets by by the, the single ba- batch here. <laughs> if, you're looking at, if you're looking at a team that makes the most sense, and I think that everyone knows this, and obviously Boston's been brought up before and this camera's off, uh, but <laughs> we'll run through it we're because just going with. we're just going with it. Um, the one thing that, that people know, I think people know where I'm going with this, is it's the Minnesota Timberwolves because Tom Thibodeau, love Jimmy Butler, two-way player, fantastic player, becoming a superstar. I think he'd fit well with Andrew Wiggins. I think he'd fit well with, with, with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. You have him under control. And the guy that really you could move, and, and he's been absolutely fantastic this year, and I'm not saying that he, he hasn't, but Zach Levine should be moved for Jimmy Butler because this was a trade that was brought up here. Last year, so really the trade that I have kind of worked out, and I don't know if it's the exact trade that should happen, but mm-hmm. it should be something that, you know, at least this, this could be the groundwork where Minnesota's trading Zach Levine and you get their first round draft pick, which is sitting around eighth right now, uh, or eighth or fifth, but where the Timberwolves currently set, that's where it is. And then you send to the T-Wolves, Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, and then your first. That's my thought there. Or you can take out Taj if that's too much. So then you're, you're, you're say it one say it one more time. For swapping for swapping first. Okay, this year we swap first. Swapping first and Zach for Jimmy Butler. And obviously there's there's more there. That's just but that's that's the groundwork where the pretty much headliner is you move up to a top ten pick and you get Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler and then you lose a pick pretty much. But really we're swapping. So you're really swapping. it's we get 
a top five pick because that's probably where the T Wolves are going to be. Zach Vall- top ten. Zach Levine is really good. I think he's better by himself. Just are giving up Butler. The only thing that would trump that is if the Celtics could give us more, meaning more picks other than just this year. And that makes sense. But what what I'm saying is— Like, could the the T-Bulls throw in future picks? The team that's making the most sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying the groundwork of that, Zach Levine first for Jimmy Butler and swapping first. Because Thibodeau will want to work with him. But I just think it makes the most sense because you look at Andrew Wiggins and kind of similar player— at least where Jimmy was early in his career, where he at least offensively, where he was able to get to the basket, and and and, and Wiggins has improved his three point shot like Jimmy Butler has has in his career. But you know, kind of that player where they, they do use their length, they do use their athleticism to drive baseline, and, and that's 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 a player that you can work off of with w- w- Butler and, and Wiggins working together. And then you have a guy like Carl Anthony Towns who can be completely dominant, and you have that veteran leadership of Butler who's been to the playoffs and who has worked with Tom Thibodeau, and, and you know he could be just your workhorse for you, like kind of Luol Deng was for the Chicago Bulls back when Tibbs was here. So that's 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 the the mindset of here and, and really the mindset of me and, and you can finish this up and and knock not knock whatever else you have to say after after I'm finished is Jimmy Butler should be moved. The Bulls should clean house both player wise, coaching wise and front office wise. The owner won't do that and I think the owner should be gone as well because Jerry Reinsdorf has ruined two franchises mm-hmm. in Chicago, both the White Sox White, White Sox and Bulls, but what needs to happen for the Chicago Bulls is cleaning house. I'm not completely against you. And the reason why I'm not is I've had the thought. I have had the thought of cleaning house. And one, it just pains me because right now the Bulls are on a fence. And you got to think to yourself, can you win with Jimmy and trade the rest and get young players and build around Jimmy? Which you can, but by the time those players develop into something of anything, unless they're like superstars, is by the time they become anything, Jimmy's 30 and he missed his prime. And then you're thinking, well, we got to trade him, but we're not going to get much for him. Because of that, I, I it, it pains me to say, I hate it. We got to clear house. We do. Because how do you get better in this league right now? You build through the draft, and that's not something that we've been doing. And Jimmy Butler, I heard it today on ESPN Chicago on Waddle and Sylvie. It was one of those things where they said the only thing the Bulls have done right is Jimmy Butler. They drafted him. They developed him. They kept him. They gave him the deal. They've done everything right with Jimmy Butler. Why would you get rid of him? And I think to myself— to set us up for a future, a future, any future that's better than right now, and that's and that's it. Jimmy Butler is the only thing they have done right because Noah they fucked that up. Rose they fucked that up. Well, his body fucked it, fucked well, up their moments. His personality fucked it up too. But, he but go fuck himself. But also, I mean, after his after his MVP season goes yeah. down with it, the, the, the no injury as well. For Rose anymore. But to to wrap it up is that's the thing you need to clean house and in any league, mm-hmm. NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, you can't be mediocre. You can't be right outside of the lottery. You can't be at the bottom of the lottery. You need to be bad or you need to be great. And to become great, you need to be bad. Because look at Cleveland. How did Cleveland become so great? They were the number one overall pick. They picked LeBron James. And then you saw the resurgence in Cleveland. And then obviously he went to Miami. But he saw 
there was something in Cleveland, and he left. He left Miami, went back, went to Kyrie, and how did they? How did? How did? How did Cleveland get Kyrie? They were bad. So that's they one thing. Bad. That's one thing. You need to be bad before you get good. It's always darkest before the dawn. I want to mention two. Florence in the machine. I want to mention two things before we do wrap up this podcast. Yep. One, Jimmy Butler is what they done right. Bobby Portis is one that uh, maybe they done wrong. Drafting him was great last year. Was pretty good. Oh, he looked good in the summer league. He's not looking like he's getting the development that he needs. And also the one player that I didn't mention a trade for, Taj Gibson. I have found one for him. Actually two, but it's the same team. Pick your poison. It would basically be the Houston Rockets. And what we would get, if the Rockets would agree to it, is we'd get Sam Decker, either Corey Brewer or Trevor Ariza. Gotta bring Corey Brewer back. Pick whichever one you want, either... Ariza or Brewer, and then a pick just for Taj because you'd have to get a pick in that deal. And we are going to wrap up on that notion. If you are a Chicago Bulls fan, tell us what you think in the comments down below. If you also have any thoughts on the Atlanta Hawks or the Kyle Korver trade to Cleveland, tell us down below. But, Ricky, got to thank you for being on the Fast Break Podcast. Trade Rolo, too. Forgot about Rolo. Thanks for being on the Fast Break Podcast. Tell us your thoughts down in the comments. If you are listening on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. We're trying to get to 5,000. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio or you downloaded us on Blog Talk Radio, thank you so much for doing that. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. But for Ricky Woodburn, I'm Sean Anderson, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.